Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Face believer. Didn't walk into a bar, but uh, it's kind of a long face. You ever had one of those long face days? Maybe you had one today. I believe God's going to help us. And in this message, see, I, I, I don't want to sound unsympathetic to those who may be going through a difficult time right now. I, uh, in this message, I don't want to uh, try to make you feel guilty for uh, having a, a difficult day or difficult time in your life by any means. But I do want to say this because it is so true that even though we may be experiencing great difficulties in our lives, as we put our faith into action, God's grace can help us maintain a sense of victory. No matter what hell or the world or others may throw at us through our faith in Christ, we have victory. Amen. And I want to encourage us in our victory tonight. Say victory. victory. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57 says, but thanks be to God. You know, let me just pause for a moment right there. This is extra. I'm not going to charge anything extra uh, for this. But it's, it's all inclusive. Say all inclusive. When he starts this verse out by saying, but thanks be to God, can I tell you something? That's one of the greatest keys of victory right there is our giving thanks to God, living a thankful life and having a thankful attitude. And so he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to say this with me tonight. Jesus gives me the victory. Synonymous words with victory are success, triumph, conquest, and win. We have the victory through Jesus. He helps us become successful, full of success, triumphant, more than conquerors, and we are winners through Jesus. Now, tonight what I want to do is I want to look at three specifics of our victory, three areas where through Christ we have victory. And the first of these is over the devil and his devices. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you the authority. And he's talking about spiritual forces here to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. Say, all the power of the enemy. And he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. In Corinthians, or Colossians, sorry, chapter 2, verse 15, talking about Jesus, this is written about Jesus. It says that he disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities and shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. 
I love that picture, don't you? He humiliated hell as he hung on the cross. The devil and all the demons thought they had won, but how many know it was his defeat? When he died on the cross, and we're going to talk about it this weekend, rose again from the dead, I tell you what, Satan suffered defeat. And so because of that tonight, you and I don't have to be afraid of the devil or anything he may bring our way. Because Jesus won the victory for us. Say victory. Now, while this is so true, it also is up to you and I to enforce that victory. We, get, we need to enforce the victory that he has won for us. We shouldn't live intimidated by the devil or what he might do. I think sometimes we give him too much credit. Now, don't get me wrong tonight. I know that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it pictures the devil as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. But tonight, as blood-washed believers in Jesus Christ, <coughs> excuse me, he may not devour us. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, it follows that statement up about him being as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and encourages us, resist him steadfast in the faith. And James chapter 4, verse 7 says, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, if you don't know what that word, flee, when it says flee, it's not talking about an insect. It's talking about the devil running from us. As we resist him, he must run. Say run. Sometimes I think we, you know, get too spooky about the devil and what he can or may do. Have you ever been driving a car by yourself late at night when it's all dark down a dark street or something and then, you know, get that weird feeling and you almost don't want to look in the rearview mirror because of what might be in the, the back seat? You know, you ever got... Anybody besides me ever... <clears throat> Insight into Wilson tonight. That's what that was right there. Got to rebuke that weird feeling. Now listen, I know the devil is real, and he sometimes does some pretty creepy things. But listen, if we focus on him and what he's doing, he will be only too happy to accommodate us. One night... Um, in Flagstaff, this is the church where I got saved in, and, and this is about two, two years, a couple of years after I'd given my life to Christ. I was at home on a Sunday night after church, and as I was home, I, uh, had, uh, God had laid it on my heart to fast that day, and I got at, at night, I had been uh, running, I was running one of the Bible studies in our church, and and so I was looked at as, as leadership there, even though I'd been saved only a couple of years. But I had an urgent knock on our front door, and so I opened up the door, and there's a lady 
standing in a, my doorway, and she is completely distraught, and she says, you've got to come pray for Ben. That was her husband's name. And so I look back at her, and she's just completely shaken. And I looked at her, and I said, I said okay. And she said, he's in the car. And I said, so, so is he sick? And she goes, no, like that. And I mean the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I knew I was in for some kind of encounter, and I was really glad that I had been fasting that day. And so this is going to sound like something that I am uh, evangelistically speaking, but I am not. I'm, I'm going to tell you how this came down. I went to the, the passenger seat where her husband was, Ben. <coughs> Excuse me. I opened up the door. And he is sitting in that, and I've, it, this was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. He was sitting there in trance-like and, and shaking like he was, like something was just, had taken him and just was, he was just shaking. I mean, I'm not talking about his hands. His whole body was shaking. And he was staring straight at I said, Ben, Ben, nothing, no response. And so I just put my hand on him and I said, in Jesus' name, loose him. And I'm telling you, he was picked up, thrown across that car to the other door, and just went slack. Stopped shaking, kind of relaxed, and I thought, all right. <laughs> but then he comes up, and he, and he looks at me with this terrified expression. He says, it's in my house. And I thought, great. What was here? And so I called a friend in the church, Larry Huck, up. And I, his, Larry Huck, and, and he came over to, for backup. I wanted some backup. You know what I mean? They're spiritual backup. And so when Larry got to the house, a little apartment I was living in, we took off with, with Ben and went over to his place, and as we're driving, it wasn't too far from our place, just really about a five-minute drive, and we're driving over there, but we've got the heebie-jeebies going on. You know, we're, you know, uh, and because he said, man, it was this, I was asleep and woke up, and this big, dark, ugly thing was over, brooding over, you know, and freaked me out and, and all that, and so we've, we've got it going on now. We're, we're heebie-jeebieing out, you know. We're talking, and, and so we got, he lived in a, uh, he and his wife lived in a single floor set of apartments that were, I, there were rows of them, like four rows of apartments, and he lived down in, in one of them in the middle, and so as we got down to his apartment, Ben reaches out, takes the door, and tries it, and it was locked, so he goes through his pockets, he'd forgotten the keys, so we drove back to my place, we'd left his wife at my place, and, and so we go back there and get the car keys, and so now we're driving back, and by this time, we've relaxed. We're joking around, you know, yeah, devil ain't nothing, you know, that kind of stuff. We're, so we get back to this apartment complex, and so we start walking down towards it, and now we're starting to feel the weight of it again, and Ben reaches out as he gets to the door, and as he starts to put the key in, 
he knows is now the door's unlocked. And now what Ben does is he gets behind, so it's <laughs> so it's Larry Huck, me, and Ben behind both of us. So Larry gets up to the door and he opens and begins to step in. And I kid you not, he comes lurching back <sighs> like this. And I'm telling you, if I could have moved, I would, I would have been running because his, his, he's so shocked. He's <sighs> like that. And then finally, when he catches his breath, he speaks inside the doorway and he says, what are you doing here? And a voice inside said, I live here. What are you doing here? We'd gone to the wrong apartment. <clears throat> Listen, this was like midnight, and we could have gotten shot and killed. <clears throat> we finally made it to the right apartment. Uh, we, had gone, we weren't even in the right block. We didn't go like, you know, one away. We, a whole row, we had missed the whole row and gone to the wrong apartment. We finally got to his apartment, and there really was a spiritual uh, force there, and we prayed, got the victory, and he never had a problem again. Now, I tell that, I know it's a funny story, but the reality is we can get weirded out and think about the devil and what he's doing and what he might do. And if we focus on him, he will only be too happy to accommodate us. As believers in Jesus, we have victory. Jesus himself was not freaked out by hell, was he? He used his authority. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast, the spirits, cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Did you catch that? That's very specific. Cast the spirits out with a word. He didn't have these long, drawn-out sessions, conversations. In fact, if you look where, where demons manifested around him, he told them, shut up. And so he cast them out with a word. You know why? Because he had and he knew his God-given authority. Now, as Jesus was here on the earth, he was God, fully God, but also fully man. And he showed us the type of victory. He did not defeat Satan with his godhood or his godliness, meaning him being the Son of God or being the manifestation of God on earth, he defeated him as a believer in God just as you and I could and should. We have the same authority. He functioned on earth as a man indwelt by the Holy Spirit as you and I, as God's people, should. And later in this chapter in Matthew 8, Jesus meets up with the demoniac of the Gadarenes. This guy had thousands of issues. 
And Jesus commanded those issues to leave with a single word, and that word was go. That's all he said. This guy had, he, he, was, called, he was called Legion because he had thousands of demons in him, and Jesus, he didn't take a marathon of dealing with this guy. He spoke one word, go, and those spirits left him. That's dominion. That's authority. And tonight, as God's people, we need to know that we have that same authority. Jesus said we did, didn't he? He told us, all power has been given unto me. Jesus said, all power has been given. Go, therefore. And you and I have been given authority over the devil and his devices, and we should not let him harass us in our life. If we are fearful, we need to speak to fear and say, Go. Anxiety that grips our life, we need to speak the word to it. Go. Depression, at times where we feel depressed in our lives, we need to speak the word. Go. When we are in pain or, or afflicted, we need to speak that word Go, and I want you to say it tonight, go. In Jesus' name, we have been given victory over the devil and his devices. We are victorious. Can somebody shout, I believe that. Well, let's praise God, amen. <coughs> Secondly, you and I are meant to have victory over sin and its effects in our lives. We are coming into Easter weekend. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our freedom, didn't he? First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says, For you know, say, I know. You know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold and silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. You know, some, when somebody gives a gift, sometimes they, you'll hear somebody say, well, you know, it's not the cost, it's the thought that counts. Now, that can be true if they're uh, your four-year-old or five-year-old kid or grandkid, right? You know, I'm, but a lot of times when somebody says, you know, it's not the cost, it's the thought that counts, it's because that gift is cheap as all get out. <laughs> I'm just saying. But tonight, there was nothing cheap about the price God paid for us. It was the precious blood of Jesus. And because of that, none of us should ever question how valuable we are to God. You and I are precious because the price paid for us was precious. Without, without you couldn't put a cost on Jesus' blood, could you? We could not price that. We couldn't put a price tag on that. It was the precious 
blood of Jesus. And because he shed his precious blood, we know that we are precious in God's sight. Now, I thought about right here having you look at somebody and, and just tell them you're precious, but then I thought that could get awkward, so I decided not to do that. <clears throat> but we need to know we are precious to God, and we know that because of the price He paid for us. And the price that was paid was for more than just our forgiveness. It was for our freedom. Say freedom. Freedom. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I'm going to come back to this verse later toward the end of the message. But this is such an important and incredible promise that we need to believe. Because Jesus died for our sins, when we receive him into our lives, the power of sin is broken. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying right here because it's very important. It is not that we as believers can't sin or may never sin again. It's that we don't have to. When I got saved, before I got saved, you know, before I gave my life to Christ, I sinned because I had to. I had, there were things I did that I wasn't proud of, didn't want to do, but I did them and then did them again and again and again. You know why? Because I was a slave. I didn't have victory over sin. I, I was a sinner. I, I, that was what I was. That was my nature, Right? But when Jesus came into my life, the power of sin was broken. And it's not that I uh, ever sinned again. I think there was a time back in 1980, maybe. that. <clears throat> it's not that I had never sinned in the 44 years since I gave my life to Christ. But listen, I am no longer a slave to it. I don't have to. We don't have to. I began to overcome habits and addictive behaviors because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us the victory over sin ruling in our lives. Now, somebody shout out, that's the truth. We have been given victory over sin, and now we can begin to act like it. Now, the third and final area that I want to talk about as far as our victory is, is really closely related to this. In fact, it just kind of dovetails right into it, <clears throat> and that is that we have the victory <clears throat> and can gain victory over ourselves, over the devil, over sin, <clears throat> and over ourselves. Now, somebody say, help me, Jesus. And this is what I mean by victory over ourselves. We can overcome the things that have humiliated us, have shamed us, or that have just simply irritated us about ourselves. You ever had some things in your life that you just irritated you about you? Anybody besides me ever just irritated your own bad self? <clears throat> Listen to me tonight. There is no sin, no habit, no addiction, no personality trait like anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, envy, 
or any other negative trait that bothers us about us that we cannot overcome through him. Why? Because he gave us victory. Now, have you ever heard somebody say this? You, you, I know you have, and it's, uh, well, people don't change. People don't change. And usually when that is spoken of someone, it's, it may be ta- they may be thinking of someone that has always had a problem with their temper. They have short fuse. You know, they just blow up over everybody and everything. They just can't get, they just always that way. They just react. And, and so they, they're thinking, well, you know, people just don't change. Or maybe they've been a binge drinker or some other chronic behavior. So they, they think, well, you know, people don't change. Now, I've got to pause for a moment here because after saying that, there are some people who don't change. And they may uh, ex- express chronic bad behavior in their life. They don't change, not because they couldn't change, but because they won't change. Because they don't allow God's presence and Jesus' grace to help them change. But in our lives as his people, you and I can experience change. See, sometimes I think we think on a more personal note because of and maybe some kind of chronic behavior or some kind of personality trait in our life. We think, you know, I just don't, I don't know if I can change. I can't change. And we may be thinking about our temper or we may be thinking about uh, uh, something else in our life that just seems to go, you know, it's just like, well, I can't seem to control my thoughts. Or I, I've always been this way. I probably always will. I just can't change. Now listen, if that is true, it negates some of the greatest promises of God in the Bible. And one of those great promises, Pastor Poole used as his text Sunday morning, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, did you catch that? (coughs) Anyone. That means everyone here that has at one time or another, you've given your life to Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, when we get saved, we become a brand new me, us, we, don't we? Because of Jesus. He shed his blood for We're completely forgiven. We're saved. We're free. But that does not mean we'll never have to deal with some of the old issues. We may, have, we may be tempted in some of the old things. Isn't that true? Just after I, I got saved, I hadn't been saved for, man, just about a, a two weeks. I was living in a, <coughs> a little dumpy trailer, cheapest thing I could rent in Flagstaff, at the back of a trailer court. There was a, it was like a horseshoe. Mine was in the back side of the trailer court, and there was about five other trailers on each uh, side coming out like this. They were bigger, more expensive. Mine was $95 a month, including utilities, because it was a little dump. And so I'm, I'm living in this thing, and, and I'd just gotten saved, 
and a girl moved in the trailer that was just across Caddy Corner to where I was. I mean, I'm talking about my, my footsteps to her front door would have been about 15 steps. And when she moved in, she moved in with her mom. I was just 19 years old. She was probably, I think she was 17, pretty blonde. And she moved in with her mom. And she, the first thing that she told me, I'm, I'm sitting on my stoop. She's sitting on her stoop. We're talking across the way. And she begins to tell me about how cool her mom was. Her mom didn't care what she did. And that any old time, I wanted to come over, just come on over. Now, I would like to tell you, <coughs> she's coming on to me. And I'd like to tell you that my, the first thought in my mind was, no way. Get thee behind me. And I don't remember how my thoughts all went, but it probably went something like this. Where were you two weeks ago? <laughs> I don't know, but that, because I was a brand new convert, you know. And so I, I, but I did, I made a stand. And I told her, you know what? I'm different from what I used to be. And I hadn't, my appearance hadn't changed at all at that time. I had hair down to here, headband on, and I, and, and, uh, but I'm telling her, you know what? I'm not the same as what I used to be. God's really moving in my life. When I mentioned God moving in my life, it was like I poured a bucket of cold water on her. She went back into her trailer. I went into mine, and I walked in the, and shut the door, and I experienced the presence of God moving over my life. You know why? Because I knew that wasn't me. It wasn't that I was super convert with my blonde hair blowing in the breeze, you know, super convert that had resisted that temptation. I knew. I knew me, and I knew that wasn't me by my own nature resisting that temptation. It was God. It was Jesus in me, and so I, I was so excited. I walked back in. I, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I walked back in that trailer, and I, I, had, I had already gotten rid of some of my old albums, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. They went pretty quick, I, I knew, but I hung on, I hung on to uh, a couple of them. Just took a while, you know. Crosby, Seals, Nash & Young, Four-Way Street, that double out. And, and uh, I had the only, the only pseudo-Christian album I had my sister had given to me. She wasn't Christian, but it was an album with uh, the soundtrack for Godspell, the old movie Godspell. That's the only pseudo-Christian. So I put that album on, and I played the old song. Some of you will remember it, Day by Day. Day by day, day by day, oh, dear Lord, three things I pray. And I'm singing at the top of my lungs. To see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee more nearly, day by day, day by day. And I, I, I had church all by myself in that. You know why? Because of the realization that I was different. That didn't happen to me 
because I was super convert. I simply was responding to the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit that now resided in my heart. And as I close tonight, I want to encourage us all in our victory. Now, we, we grow, the Bible says, from glory to glory. When we get saved, it's glory, isn't it? We are forgiven. But we experience ongoing growth as we behold Him and get close to God, glory to glory. In other words, we grow in Him. And the closer we get to Him, the more we grow. And tonight, I want to encourage us all in our victory. We have the victory over the devil and what he might do. We have the victory over sin. We do not, as God's people, have to sin. We can live a life of freedom. Can you say, I believe that? And finally, we can get victory over ourselves. And I I talked about traits and stuff like that. It can be as, as, as simple as our own bad temper even. Or speaking things to other people that are cruel or hurtful. Or, or our own negativity. The thing that we just, our own negative mouth and thoughts. You and I as God's people have been given victory and we can gain the victory over whatever area troubles us that may make us humiliated, shame us, or just simply irritate us about us because we have victory. Amen. Now, I want, to sh- I want you to shout it out tonight. Victory. victory. One more time. Victory. I believe you believe it. Let's bow our heads tonight. If you came tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe you did at one time or another and you've been just away from God and, and kind of gone off into your own stuff, but tonight you want to ask him to forgive you, come into your heart and life, and give your life to Jesus. I tell you, I, I had no idea the night that I got saved how that would play out in my life, but I want you to know tonight, this upcoming weekend, Easter weekend, is so precious because of what Jesus did to purchase us. And I want you to hear this from God. You are precious to him. And you know that because of the price he paid for you, his own blood. And if you're here and never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him for a time, Tonight, you'd like to be include, included in this closing prayer. No one looking around for a moment. You just slip your hand up and say, by that hand uplifted, remember me in this closing prayer for forgiveness. All across this building, God bless you. Anybody else, just quickly, bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Honest hearts. All right, I'm going to change the call, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands here because I know that there are a lot of us experiencing various things in our life that may irritate us about us, that we really do want to 
enforce the victory that has been given us over. Maybe you're here and maybe you've been a believer for a while and you've been having a problem with drinking or drugs or anger or lust or depression or that a feeling of hopelessness. Or it may be as simple as the things that you say to others that are hurtful. It just seems to be a chronic thing that you do. Or the things that you say to yourself, that negativity that you speak to yourself or speak over yourself, and you're tired of that. And tonight, you want to enforce the victory that is yours through Christ. We're going to pray together and see God's help and grace to flow. The Bible says in one of the verses I didn't get to tonight, but it says God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. And that grace is the power to be able to overcome. God gives it. It's not just us willpowering it. It's God's grace, His power when we humble ourselves. And the humbling isn't out of no good, uh, worthless so-and-so. It is simply saying, Jesus, I can't, but I believe you can. I can't do it on my own, but I believe you can do it in me and through me. You purchased the victory for me. Let's stand tonight. We're going to pray together before we leave. The prayer team will be up here in the front to pray individually with you before you leave if you'd like to come and, and have individual prayer. But let's just pray this together. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe if you want to, just lift your hands to God in thanks and then surrender just to His work in you. And just pray this out with me, all of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for calling me precious. I believe I am precious to you because of the price you paid for me. You shed your blood so I could be forgiven. I ask you, live within my heart. Make me a brand new person. Thank you for paying the price so that I could be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the victory <clears throat> over drinking, over drugs, over lust, over anger, over depression, over hopelessness, over negativity, over the words that I may speak that are hurtful to other people. Put within me words of grace that I can speak grace and empowerment to other people. Thank you for that. Thank you for the victory. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Shout his name out tonight. Jesus. Let's give him a big hand. Thank you. Thank you for it, Lord. Praise God. God bless you. Remember, we have the victory. We have the victory. We need to just go and enforce it. Can you say amen? Prayer team will be up here. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.